The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to the chief priests and the elders of the people, What do you think? A man had two sons, and he went to the first and said, Son, go and work in the vineyards today. And he answered, I will not. But afterward he repented and went. And he went to the second and said the same. And he answered, I go, sir, but did not go. Which of the two did the will of his father? They said, The first. Jesus said to them, Truly I say to you, the tax collectors and the harlots go into the kingdom of God before you. For John came to you in the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and the harlots believed him. And even when you saw it, you did not afterward repent and believe him. The Gospel of the Lord. So the readings today focus on uh, the way in which God judges and the way in which God judges our, each of us and the way in which God will judge our lives. And what we see from the uh, prophet Ezekiel is that uh, it says, thus says the Lord, the way of the, it says, you say the way of the Lord is not just, right? So sometimes we might perceive the way in which God acts as unjust. And yet what is wrong is that our way of thinking is not yet conformed to completely the truth of God and to the perfection of his justice, the beautiful perfection of the justice of God. And what the Lord points out through the prophet Ezekiel is that uh, our manner of life and our actions uh, betray in a certain sense our deep interior belief. And so while we might have certain superficial things that we say and proclaim, it is our actions that betray us in a certain sense, either for the good or for the bad. And so our life is judged based on the way in which we conform that life to the will of God. And that's the other thing that we are judged on. It's not that we did our will, but it's that we conformed our will freely to the will of God. And so that's what the point is that we see in the gospel passage for today. So Jesus says to the chief priests and the elders of the people, the first thing he says to them is, what do you think? And if you're reading through these chapters, <clears throat> especially these later chapters in Matthew's gospel, you can see that what has happened here is that the hardness of heart of the scribes and the Pharisees is almost impenetrable, right? So they have come to the Lord and they just simply will not accept any truth that comes from him. They are completely fixed in how they think about them, uh, how they think about Christ and what they think about themselves. Regarding themselves, they are righteous and just. Regarding Christ, he is deserving of death and he is guilty of misleading the people and he is a false prophet and he is possessed by a demon. All of these things, these kind of crazy accusations that they throw against Christ, showing that the way in which they perceive is completely wrong. So their perception of all reality is not according to the truth because they will not allow the truth to penetrate 
their heart. And so they live not according to the truth, but according to their own creation, the own way in which they perceive reality, which is divorced from reality. So while they think themselves to be right, righteous, when they stand with regards to Christ, you can see what the reality of their relationship with God is. He is God who stands before them. And the full reality of their relationship with God is made manifest in their relationship with Christ. And so they are not able to recognize him because they are not living according to the truth. But what we see, as one of the commentators points out, is that, if you will, the divine creativity is always at work to try and break in. He repeatedly uses all of his divine infinite resources in terms of his wisdom to constantly throw at them questions, parables, everything that might break into the erroneous way in which they think. And so that is the beauty of the parables. The parables uh, are powerful because what happens is, what happens to the, the Pharisees and the scribes, what is presented to them is also presented to us. We also can fall into having certain lenses of perception that are not according to the truth. And so we require that the Lord in his mercy is constantly by his truth, by his parables, by his life, by his mysteries, that he is breaking into these wrong perceptions and he is conforming the way in which we see to his truth. And the parables are a very powerful way in which the Lord does that. So what we can see is what's happened just before this is that the, the conversation about St. John the Baptist has come up. And so they have come to the Lord when he has overturned everything in the temple and they have said to him, by what authority do you do these things? And now he knows that they will reject the authority that he presents because they do not take him as any type of authority. And so what he says to them is he says, okay, the baptism of John, was it from heaven or was it from earth? <laughs> and so immediately he's trying to just get them to think. He's trying to get them to reason again. They stand on all of these judgments that are wrong, but they need to rethink all of their judgments. And so the Lord takes them back. He says, is it from heaven or from earth? And now you can see their interiors made manifest because they will not answer according to the truth. They will answer according to what is expedient for them. What's going to be the most expedient thing for us? which is also a temptation that we can unfortunately fall into, where we say things that are simply expedient and not true. And so what happens is they think to themselves, well, if we say it's from heaven, well, then they'll say, why didn't we believe uh, him? And if we say it's not from heaven, well, then the crowds won't love us because the crowds all think that John the Baptist is a prophet. And so then they decide they're not going to say anything. So they will not speak the truth they eventually are brought to the fact where they realize the most expedient thing for themselves is not to say anything. And you can see the Lord in his, in a certain sense, frustration, but also his love. He begins with this question, what do you think? What do you think? So begin a process of reasoning again. Break out of this way in which you are perceiving and think again, simply think, ponder. And so what we can see as well is in our life, times of thinking and prayer and contemplation are necessary. They are necessary because without them, those moments of silent thought, we can end up just simply following a train and not really knowing why we're doing what we're doing or we can forget the purposes of what we're doing. Daily prayer and meditation and silence is important because in those moments we are faced with the reality of what do we actually think? What do we actually believe? 
This can be a scary thing. I see it especially in young people. If I've dealt with, especially kind of like around university age, uh, they seem to avoid silence because silence puts them face to face with themselves and the noise of the interior and things that need to be worked out and things that need to be thought through. And that can be initially overwhelming. And so what we can do is we can take those moments of silence, not simply where we are not speaking, but where we allow God to fill that silence with his word. And so that is what prayer in our daily life should be. It should be where we move into a time of silence and we ponder the things of God. And in that way, what happens is that our entire interior is transformed and we begin to think according to the way in which God thinks and then also our lens of reality is conformed to his truth. So the Lord is breaking in now with the Pharisees and the scribes and he says to them, what do you think? What do you think? Take time to ponder this. And he gives this very profound parable. He says, a man had two sons. So you can imagine as he thinks of his father in heaven. He says, a man had two sons. He says to the first one, son, go and work. The father's humility, right? It's not, he's not kind of telling him what to do. It's simply an invitation. You see the beauty of God in the fact that he works with our human freedom. The salvation that he offers us and the work that he offers to us is an invitation. It's not an authoritative dictatorship. It is a loving father-son relationship. This is the beauty of our relationship with our Heavenly Father. And what he extends to us through his Son, through the words that he sends us, through the word that he sends us, is this invitation to go and work. Son, showing the relationship, go and work in the vineyard today. Today, in this time of your life, before the night comes of death, go and work in the vineyard. And the first answered immediately, I will not, almost with that satanic non-servium, I will not serve. He says, I will not. But afterward, he repented. He repented. It shows an interior uh, remorse over what happened previously. He repented and went. Then he went to the second son, and the answer is completely different. He said to this, and he said the same to the second son who answered, I go, sir, or just simply means I am going, I'm promptly going, I am going. And then the word there in the Greek is not so much sir, well, it can be sir, but it is also Lord, I go, Lord. And so his answer has all of the appearances of promptness, of piety, of love, of affection, of reverence. And yet what happens? He didn't go. He didn't go. And so what appears superficially is not what happens in reality. And the Lord shows that the Pharisees are able to judge rightly when it is regarding something else but not themselves. And that can also be something that we can fall into, which is also the power of the parables. When we judge something in the abstract, we're normally much clearer in our judgment. When I'm judging someone else or another situation, I'm very clear in my judgment. When I'm judging myself, well, all of a sudden, the circumstances are very important. This happened, you know, this happened as well. This person said this. All of a sudden, our judgment becomes a little bit more clouded. And so what happens is, in the abstract, the scribes and the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they all judge very clearly which of the two did the will of his father, the first. No hesitation, no deliberation. Very quickly, they judge rightly. Now the Lord tries to bring it back to them, which is what he tries to do with us through the parables as well. Okay, as you judge rightly very quickly in this situation, 
now try break the perception that you have of yourself. Truly I say to you, the Lord says, tax collectors and harlots go into the kingdom of God before you. For John came to you in the way of righteousness and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and the harlots believed him. And even when you saw it, you did not afterward repent and believe. And so this is what the Lord is extending to them, what he continues to extend to us. Through his word, through the mysteries of his life, he is calling us to allow him to break in and to change all of the wrong perceptions that we have and conform them to the reality of his truth. The first way in which we do that is the truth regarding him and ourselves, who we are and who he is. And the more that that is clarified, the more we live in the truth and then can go out and bring and proclaim that truth, yes, with our words, but first and foremost, with the conformity of our life and actions to the truth and the love of God. Amen.